0: Come with us on a moonlight walk around Rome. We start this episode on a walking tour we did, starting in the beautiful Piazza Navona with its spectacular three fountains. We tell you what the plaza used to be used for, but not for long as the locals from centuries ago actually didn't think it was manly enough. Next, we wander the streets and pass by the incredible Pantheon with its dome that is the biggest unsupported dome in the world and has 16 imposing columns that are the entrance to the now catholic church of course we could go to the Trevi fountain which by day is special but at night just wow i throw some coins in the fountain and we tell you about the coin throwing myths and exactly how much money they collect from the fountain each day and it's certainly an eye-watering amount of money and we also tell you what they do with that money Next I tell you and Lyle because he didn't know that there is a social media craze that people are doing as an alternative to the to- coin tossing. Next on our night tour of Rome is Piazza Venezia which is a huge chaotic roundabout surrounded by historical buildings. One of the major ones is an unpopular enormous building that the locals don't like and have given it a couple of nicknames. Mussolini's typewriter is one and the other is the wedding cake. You'll have to click on the link in this episode description in the player you're listening on now to see the pictures in the show notes and see which one you think is the right name. Of course, it's a short walk from the Piazza to the Colosseum past Trajan's Column and the Roman Forum, which are all lit up and are just glowing in the night. Wandering around the Colosseum at night time is a memory that you will never forget. We take you to some other special nighttime spots including the Spanish Steps and Piazza Spagna, and tell you all about the Italian fashion parade that you see walking the streets every night. Boy, those Italians have some nice outfits. Lastly, you will come with us to our favorite little hidden bar right in the heart of Rome, the Highlander. It has so much atmosphere, something happening every night and you can watch any sport that is on live TV and they have some of the friendliest bar stuff you will ever meet. It would be fabulous if you could give us a follow or a subscribe on the player you're listening on right now It means you won't miss an upcoming episode and really helps the podcast get discovered by more people so thank you for doing that and please enjoy episode 68 all about rome at night cheers and welcome to the beach travel wine podcast we are your hosts i'm leanne
1: and i'm lyle and this is the travel podcast for beach loving wine drinking couples over 50.
0: So if that sounds like you, grab yourself a drink, sit back, relax and listen as we go travelling the world one wine at a time. Cheers. Good morning Lyle and welcome to the Beach Travel Wine podcast studio.
1: Buongiorno Leonita.
0: Now, I'm feeling very Beach Travel wine because.
1: You've got your t-shirt on.
0: I've got my Beach Travel Wine t-shirt on. I've got my Beach Travel Wine Eau de Parfum that I made, and that's that's a story for another day, but, you know, I've made my own beach <laughs> I
1: wonder where you were going perfume. with that. Perfume.
0: Yeah. And we're sitting here and we're, we're looking at the beach, right? It's and a beautiful day. Be- a perfect day. We're going to have a wine later because it's only morning. It's a bit early. Um, but the travel part, we're going to bring you now because we are travelling um, back to Rome, yes? See. And today's episode is all about a moonlight walk around the marvels of rome that we that we did now some of these places we have talked about in previous episodes but you know we did a, a guided walk and uh we saw got lots of new information and we're just going to tell you about the you know we did go to some new places and just how beautiful it is at night
1: yes we did and uh, our tour guide was luis right from espania
0: yeah he was great wasn't he mm. yeah now we started though in um piazza Navona. Now, this is one of those places that we were told by so many people, you need to go to this plaza. It's it's beautiful, it's beautiful, it's beautiful. So we went there a bit early, bit bit before the Sunset Tour started. And wow, it's this massive, big um, pa- plaza that used to be a, what, what would it used to be?
1: Yeah, it was built on the site of the Stadium of Domitian. Mm-hmm. Uh our guide showed us the ancient ruins of the Stadium of Dimitian hidden about 4.5 metres below the street level. So he actually showed us where Where that was. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, it was like glassed in. Will
0: you tell us a bit more about it and then I'll tell them what what we did and what what we saw,
1: yeah? Yeah, the Stadium of Dimitian was inaugurated in 86 AD. Um... So the
0: plaza was a stadium?
1: Yeah. Right, they built on top of the stadium. So so the intentions were to raise awareness and involved the Romans in practicing more athletic oh, sports.
0: Oh, like little athletics.
1: Yeah, par excellence. <laughs> they and, didn't
0: like it, though,
1: did they? Well, and non—I think mainly because of the fact that he, uh, the was a bit of a—he um, favoured the non-violent sports, sports. Oh, yeah, and they, um, they
0: prefer to be gladiators.
1: Yeah, they wanted to watch gladi- gladiators. So the locals actually thought it was quite unmanly. Okay, so like anyway. shot
0: put or javelin and stuff.
1: Yeah, all that. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. So <laughs>
0: hey, I'll cut the head off. And you throw it. That would have worked,
1: wouldn't it? I would have thought so.
0: <laughs> sorry, go on.
1: Uh yeah, so Piazza Nirvana, uh, no. sorry, Navona yeah. was transferred into the highly significant example of Baroque Roman architecture and art during the pontification of uh, the yeah, the Pope of Innocence the Tenth, who reigned from 1644 until 1655. And whose family palace the palazzo pamphil faced the piazza so okay. a little bit of graft and corruption there. i would uh, have yeah. thought
0: so what they did was they they built the plaza and
1: right up right opposite the family
0: yeah church yeah no the
1: family pa- oh, no, the palace. palace yeah, palace, yeah. Palace, yeah. Oh, okay all right so... uh in the center stands the famous fountain of the four rivers okay. uh, that was built in 1651 by our new favourite sculptor, by Gian Lorenzo Bernini.
0: Right, can I tell people what that looks like now? Yeah, you, I, sure. Well, you you describe it a bit more, like the what it. The, the, well, it's
1: basically topped yeah. by an obelisk of uh, Domitian brought in pieces from the circus Maxentius.
0: Right. Uh,
1: the four rivers are represent are represented. The, that is the Nile from Africa, the Ganges of Asia, the Danube from Europe of Europe and the Rio del Plata of the Americas.
0: Okay, so this statue is right in the middle of the plaza and it's probably the most dominant feature because it's right out front of uh, the church which you're going to tell us about in a minute but as Lyle said it it, um, represents four rivers so there's four sort of sculptures you know um, at the bottom and each one's representing the river and there's you know water coming you know fountains you know spurting down into the big base which is this great big round pond you know and then above that is that massive big obelisk it is so impressive and so beautiful Um, I've got lots of photos of that um, I went a bit berserk actually uh, with the fountains um, on our our website at beachtravelwine.com episode 68 uh, and as I said, you know, like you can walk around it and because we were there sort of at the end of the day, the sun was starting to go down and, you know, just the colours, the, the changing of the colours on the fountain and the water, uh, it was just, yeah, it was it was mag- magnificent, wasn't it? So, it's and it's huge.
1: Yeah, yeah, look, yeah, it is.
0: And I've said you think the Trevi Fountain is impressive, which it is, you've got to see this one.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a close second,
0: Yeah, if, if. second. Sure, 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 sure. Uh,
1: now, opposite, the, you know, uh, the uh, the fountain. action that particular fountain is the Church of St. Agnes by Francesco Baromini. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, uh, St. Agnes was a uh, martyr and um, she so was... The
0: story goes. Yeah, yeah,
1: she was an early Christian uh, and was martyred in the ancient stadium of Domitian, only 12 years old, now, the legend has it that they tried to burn her at the stake, but she, she wouldn't catch, she was
0: a witch, yeah.
1: Yeah, she, she, she wouldn't catch fire.
0: So they chopped her in off.
1: So they, yeah, decapitated her. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, a, so that's the, that church. Yeah, and, well, and,
0: and I've got some pictures of the church too, but the, just to describe it, it's it's got the big dome and it's got the spires and it, it's right sort of at the bottom end of, of the plaza and it, it sort of dominates. When you walk into the plaza, there's, you know, these beautiful buildings, which is sort of the... The yellow colours and the oranges, and then you know it's in the middle of that. There's this this massive church, and out the front they've got all these street sort of artists and things. You know, there's people doing the the portraits, and you know, selling street food, and um, pe- you know, people walking around in costumes and things. It's pretty pretty nice, you know. And that's down the the end one end of the um the the plaza. So yeah, check out that church because you can go in and have a look at that one.
1: Yeah, and it, and there's another two fountains. Yeah. Uh, at the southern end is the Fontana de Moro with a basin and four tritons sculptured by Giacomo del Porta uh, in 1575 to which in 1673 Bernini added a statue of Moore wrestling with a dolphin. Yep. That's now the second. The third one. Sorry, sorry, the third.
0: Which is probably my favourite
1: is at the northern end yeah. is the fountain of neptune that yeah. was uh sculpted in 1574 also created by giacomo del porta uh, the statue of Neptune by antonio uh, del Bitti was added in 1878 to create a balance with la fatana del moro
0: okay so all that sort of artists going on and they added bits to it but i like this one because um it's sort of uh close to the ground and it's not a star shape but the outside of it is like uh quite um what's the word jagged you know like it it, yeah it's not a round circle and it's probably 30 centimeters but it's it's so wide that the the fountain and the the sculptures are in the middle so it takes up quite a big big space and just to, you know, try to get a photo of all of that. But, you know, if you stand at one side, you can see all the beautiful coloured buildings. And if you're on another side, you can see the church. And then we actually sat and had dinner. Correct. Because, uh, we, as I said, we went early and we were sort of up near this fountain and, and it's beautiful. And the other thing that they've got in this plaza, which they have all over Rome, but they have these... Um, uh, free water um, places like fountains. So right near the, the top fountain, the, the Neptune fountain, is this little um, ancient little place where you can go and fill your water bottle up and, and stuff. So there's lots of kids splashing around in, in the water there. So you can actually sit on the edge of this one. And I just thought it was really beautiful. Um, so And it's a big plaza. It's, it's just beautiful, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, just to explain, to go back a step, we with, with, with the fountains, the, there's two paths to the fountain. There's actually the 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 creation of the fountain the basin as they call it mm. and then the second part of that is actually the statue that goes into the fountain mm. so that's why there's two you know we've mentioned two uh people that created the actual fountain.
0: oh is that why
1: that's what it is oh okay I so see. now do you know which um movies were
0: Oh, uh, filmed yes.
1: around that particular. I do. There was plaza. one.
0: Yes, there was one um, with Tom yeah. Hanks, Angels and Demons. Correct. Yay! And I don't know. I, that's all I remember.
1: Okay. There was another fabulous movie in 1970, Catch Twenty Two. Yep. Then you've got National Lampoon Vacation, <laughs> funny one, and probably one of my favorites uh, was American Assassin in
0: 2017. Oh, I'll have to watch that one. You will. So we all all met for our little um, gathering at um, the Piazza Navona and then we left there on our moonlight walk and we headed um, towards the Pantheon, but we went past um, this really interesting building, the the Temple of Hadrian. Do you pronounce the H?
1: Uh, Yeah, you do. Yeah, Um, yeah, it's... uh, Look, as, as you're walking along in doing this particular tour, you're going past a whole bunch of, you know, very, very historical buildings and they're all lit up beautifully. So as we headed towards the Pantheon, we passed the Palazzo Madama, which is the seat of the Italian Senate. Now, construction started in the late 15th century and was completed in 1505. See, I'll was... get
0: those two mixed up, sorry. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> so and that was for, yeah. have a guess who? Yeah, Um. The
0: Medici family. I was
1: going to say Cosimo, but yeah, Medici family. It housed two Medici cardinals who both later became popes. Catherine de, de Medici also lived here before she was married to Henry, son of King Francis I of France, in 1533. Cardinal Francesco Maria del Monte, patron of artist Caravaggio, lived there until his death in 1627 okay and and from what i can gather uh cardinal del monte was a bit of a party animal and so it was very well known for lots of parties
0: okay so that that's very close to the piazza navona
1: yeah yeah, and then as you said we passed the temple of adrian now
0: well it's adrian's spelt with a h but sometimes the h is silent in in the romance languages so anyway sorry Adrian or Hadrian, whatever you want to say, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, the Temple of Adrian was for the worship of Emperor Adrian, who re- reigned one hundred and seventeen to one hundred and thirty AD. Um, mm. It was built by his successor's son. In the case, in this case, by Antonius Pius, who dedicated his temple in one forty five AD. Now, once again, mm. uh, an it was an adopted son. son. Mm-hmm. Um, now. The things that Adrian were famous for, Adrian's Wall is the most visible and best known land frontier of the Roman Empire, the most important and substantial of Roman remains in Britain.
0: Yeah, so there's Hadrian's temple we're talking about, but there was also a big wall
1: yeah, sure, from sure.
0: one side of Britain to the other.
1: And he also um, basically was the last emperor to, after the Pantheon was destroyed by fire, he actually. Uh, rebuild it so he was actually responsible for the pantheon as mm. well we now this particular about. war which I, I blew me away and because I, I ended up going mm. back and having a look at uh, the map of uh, England the UK yeah mm. yeah and where Adrian's war was mm. now it actually is uh, UNESCO World Heritage listed and it goes from coast to coast and it's 75 uh, sorry 73 miles across mm. or 135 kilometers
0: right but back to rome and the temple
1: yes
0: yeah. is um um this is the one with the columns yeah
1: yeah yeah it's rect, yeah. retake retac- rectangularly yeah. uh, rectangular shaped yep. temple. what shape is it rectangular good yep. Shaped temple was designed with 15 columns on the longer side yeah. while eight columns lined the shorter sides
0: yeah so massive columns yeah
1: so and the, the, the good thing about this particular one every mm. night at dusk. There's a very cool free 10-minute sound and light show at the temple in the Piazza di Pietra. Hmm. Now, the show introduces you to the emperor and his various uh, projects, which include the wall, the yeah. villa in Tivoli, and the Pantheon.
0: Cool. Okay. Well, well then...
1: We're right at the Pantheon.
0: Yeah. Let's, um, that, that's a, a segue. Now, we went to the Pantheon Plaza a couple of times just to have a, a coffee in the daytime, and I knew it would be expensive and and all that stuff. But it's a pretty nice, you know. you've Got the Pantheon, then you've got like a, a small piazza with a statue in the middle. But it's a nice spot to sit and people watch and and um, just look across at the Pantheon. It's massive. Right? What do you
1: talk about having the coffee? Remember that was the, that particular. There was one of the cafes that was the first time we actually got. Uh, they tried to charge us a ten percent service charge.
0: Yeah, like first tip.
1: Yeah, Yeah. so, yeah, and uh, I wasn't on the bill, but um, basically they stand there with hands open, like what about the 10%? So they're obviously used to American tourists that basically. Or people that
0: pay it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I've got some really um, nice pictures of the the Pantheon, and, uh, you know, like especially at this time when the sun's going down and moonlight and stuff and it's you know, it's got like all these rows of massive big columns out the front and then it's got that, the dome which you're gonna tell us about at, at the, the back. And, you know, there's also a photo of the, um, the, the fountain and the, the obelisk in, in the middle of the, the piazza. It's um, yeah, pretty impressive, isn't it? And you can see by the photos, the people in it, how little they are compared to the size of this building. So yeah, tell us, what, tell us a bit about the, what is the Pantheon?
1: So it's a former Roman temple.
0: Okay. Originally
1: commissioned by Marcus Acriba during the reign of Augustus the twenty from 27 BC to 14 AD, who was actually Caesar's adopted son. Okay. Um, uh, was rebuilt by Adrian in 126 AD with 16 Corinthian pillars. Mm. The dome is still the world's largest unreinforced concrete dome.
0: So it's as high as it is wide.
1: Yeah, the height of the – and the, the – Diameter of the dome is the same at 43 metres or 142 feet. It's pretty big.
0: It's massive. Okay.
1: Now, with the fall of the Roman Empire, as with everything else, since 609 AD, it became the Basilica Santa Maria Martes. Um, Now, which basically the the Catholic Church took it over. Hmm. Um, But they took
0: all the... Um, decoration off it, didn't they? Yeah, the the bronze.
1: Yeah, because the dome was covered, and, in bronze,
0: and yet, yeah, so yeah. they didn't want the Roman temple to be better
1: than. The, um... Yeah, the Roman temple to be better than the church, yeah. so they took all that off. So, yeah, yeah, Still so, looks
0: impressive though. Oh yeah, like, and one of the
1: really unique things is there's a hole or an oculus that's uh, seven point eight meters in di- diameter. Yeah. It's the uh, and, and it's uh, the source of light. It's the only source of light. So there's no electricity. No. And the deal was it is that it was the connection between the temple and the gods above. Yeah.
0: and I've got a photo of that from right underneath the hole and you can see um, the dome and the, the light sort of shining in through that and that's um, on our website at, with episode 68.
1: Yeah, so obviously occasionally uh, the rain, <laughs> yeah, it rains and th- that will go through the, the oculus and mm. lands on the floor but the way they built it, They slanted the floor so the rain would just dissipate. So now, the Pantheon, the the really big deal about the Pantheon is that it is the best preserved ancient Roman building in Rome.
0: Mm, Um,
1: So, but uh, mainly because of the fact that it's continuously in in use. use, Yeah, yeah. yeah. So
0: now it it used to be free to get in um, up until I think it was the 5th of July, and I think we were there on the 4th of July. but it's now, like, for people over 18, I think it's €5, Euro, isn't it, to get in? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. that's yeah. It's a minimal cost. But, yeah. yeah, I'm not sure why they did it. But it's actually controlled by not so much the church. I think it's more controlled by the state. But,
0: mm-hmm. mm. um, but It's certainly worth, um, you know, you don't, you don't have to go in. You can, As I said, you can walk around the, the plaza there or you can sit and have a meal or a coffee or a glass of wine or a spritz and, and sit right there very close to it and, and enjoy this the, the massive building, right?
1: Yeah, it's been a, like a Christian church for over 1,400 years. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, And they have weekly masses on the, on the Sunday.
0: Yeah, okay. Um, and, but then it was time to move on, wasn't it? It was. So before we take you to the Trevi Fountain at night, which was pretty magical, I just want to read this pretty cool um, review that we got. Um, it says, I absolutely love listening to Leanne and Lyle talk about their adventures each week. They're a fun Aussie couple who always make me laugh while also sharing plenty of practical tips and interesting info about places to visit around the world. If you're planning a trip, I highly recommend listening to any relevant episodes on your destination. You'll not only find out insider travel tips but also where is the best spot to enjoy a nas- nice glass of wine. So that was pretty nice, wasn't it? <laughs> that was perfecto. I probably... Grazie. Yeah, well done. Here's your 20 bucks for that, Lyle. <laughs> a that's us in a nutshell, you know. We give you the tips and, you know, where you can have a glass of wine. Yeah, I I love that. So um, let's get back to the Trevi Fountain. Now, we had, in one of our previous episodes, we um, talked about uh, the Trevi Fountain, but you're going to give us a a little bit of info on it before we tell you the big thing about the coins.
1: Look, um, the Trevi Fountain during the day is magnificent. Sure. The Trevi Fountain at night is almost unimaginably, unimaginably beautiful. It is absolutely spectacular. It
0: is. And, you know, you see these horror photos of crowds and how bad it is. I think the problem is it's the plaza area around it is small.
1: Yeah, it's not big, no, not at all.
0: And so you have all those people in a small area. And even at night it was quite busy.
1: Well, the other side of it too, it's connected to that to, to that building, yeah. that palace. So go you, you can't side. go around one side. So yeah. but look, it is it's magnificent. And we, um, yeah,
0: we got down to throw some coins in, but you tell tell people a bit about yeah, it. Yeah, for maybe. those
1: that haven't listened to the last podcast, the immense fountain surely not stands eighty five feet or twenty six meters high yeah. and is approximately hundred and sixty feet or forty nine meters wide. Yeah, so it's and massive. At its center is Pietro Braccis statue of Oceanus, who stands atop a chariot pulled by seahorses, as in accompanied by tritons. Yeah, now, love these it. are fish tailed sea gods, torsos of a man, and tails of a fish. Mm. The Palazzo Poli, which is the building we were just talking about, yeah, yeah. is the palace that was altered in the 18th century to form the backdrop to the Mm. Trevi Fountain. So
0: you think it's sort of part of the fountain, but it's a building and it's got sort of, um, you know, columns and windows and statues in, in sort of reset places. And, you know, and then you've got the, as you were saying, the fountain, the, with the seahorses and pulling it. And and then they're sort of on jagged rocks. And then, you know, the water's pouring into the fountain area. And the water's
1: just so blue. Like it's, it's it's incredible, which is obviously the white marble. Sure. Underneath. So, Mm. um, Now you want to know about the myth,
0: the myth, the myth. Yeah. Well, I think people are a bit confused about the myth. You know, I think people believe, and you know, myths are all over the place. You can make a wish when you throw it in, right?
1: Look, it was all based on the movie Three Coins in a Fountain that was back in the nineteen fifties. And that uh, starred, I think it was Audrey Hepburn and Gregory Peck. Right. Okay. Now you're looking at me as I just get on with it, Lord. Just tell <laughs> them what it is. Fair enough. All right.
0: So you go down. You when, like what you do is you find yourself a little spot on the edge of the fountain. Yes. Correct. And, which we did. Um, and then you take your coins. Yes. Yeah, that's correct. And you take it in your right hand. Yep. And you throw it over your left shoulder. Perfecto. And into the water. Now, if you throw one coin, correct, it means that you will return to Italy or Rome. R-
1: Rome right? in the future.
0: In the future, you throw number two. Number two. So, it's number. So, you get another coin. Throw it over, and that means that you will meet the love of your life.
1: You will fall in love with oh. an attractive Italian.
0: Right. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We well, already had me, yeah, so you're pretty right.
0: A little Irishman, but anyway. Oh. <That's->
1: That's a bit untidy, but anyway, hang on. Yeah, go on. What's the third one? The
0: third one is then you will marry them.
1: Yes, yes, you will marry that person that you met. Now,
0: before you tell everybody how much they take out of this, you know, all the coins because everyone's doing it. That ain't been
1: my thunder there, girl, but anyway, go on.
0: That's my job. Um, I'm going to let you tell them, though. I'm not going to do that. You can do that. But what I'm going to say is I've been seeing or targeted uh, with um, videos on uh, Instagram, etc. And I, I didn't actually see it happen for real, but people are trying to be funny and they take their credit card down and swipe it through the water. I haven't seen that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Oh, I know. Yeah. The world's yeah. full of smart asses, yeah, isn't it? Right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. surprised but, you didn't do it.
0: Yeah, well, I uh, anyway, I, next time. So anyway, well it's been done now, but um and so it gets um cleaned okay.
1: out. Okay. So the word Trevi refers to the small piazza it sits in. Yes. And the three roads that meet in that piazza, so obviously Trevi's three. Mm. Uh, the cleaning of the fountain takes place twice a week, and it includes the collection of the claw coins. Right now, that uh, those two days are Monday and Friday yep. at eight a.m. Yep.
0: Right
1: now, the average the yep. Trevi, fountain, trevi takes fountain takes yeah in a is about three thousand euro a day, a or day. about three thousand three hundred US dollars a right. day. So a day. it's like it's pretty substantial. Well,
0: I've heard figures from one point four million euro up to two million euro. I guess it depends on the the season, but um, per year.
1: Oh, I was going to say yeah. not per day. No, yeah. per year.
0: So yeah. that's a that's a shitload of coins going in there, right?
1: Yeah, and where's yeah. it go? To charity. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I reckon. Um, there's been sort of you know a few things happening. Somebody's put black or you know ink in there and all that sorts of stuff. But you know, most of the time it's a beautiful place to visit isn't it
1: yeah it's pretty pristine mm. really
0: and i've got yeah and the photos at night are really nice and and as we're moving on through our walk i think everyone had a gelato here as well because that's sort of a thing to do and um you know we, we're walking with our group the sun's going down the moon's coming up you know the sun's the sky's getting darker it's, it's really beautiful um so we left the trevi fountain
1: what and... about hang on just before we leave what, what about that I, I think you've got to have patience at the Trevi Fountain because remember there was that lady in front of you that was really giving you the shit
0: Hey, 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 hey! This is a family show. Um, I think what I was get, what what I started to say earlier was it's always crowded, but you know, ninety nine percent of people they go down to the front. There's sort of three levels about, or even you know, and so you you want to go down to the first level, so you're right at the edge, and you can see the photos of us. We had a lot of fun. But you go down, you take your photo and you move on. Yep. Whereas it wasn't just me. There was one one lady who, you know, she she wasn't sort of close enough to someone that you could sit next to because people were sitting next to each other and taking, you know, like tr- just trying to share. But she had her stuff and she was there and she, I don't know, how she was there before we took our photo and she was there after we took our photo and she's pretending to pray, she's pretending to meditate, she's, you know, like do all these poses just over and over and over. And eventually... Me and probably 10 other people just walked between her and her photographer because, you know, they're just like two people with like their phone because she'd had her time and it was not fair. So, yes, I was a bit impatient, but, you know, we got our photos and we left.
1: We did. (laughs) Leanne's punching me in the leg. You're going
0: to make me sound like a real goose. Thank you.
1: No, not really. I thought you were right.
0: Okay. And we got nice photos. We did. Yes. So, But then, as I said, it was time to move on. Next up, we walked uh, not that far from Trevi Fountain, really. Nothing's that far, is it, <laughs> in the centre No, of we, t-
1: we basically went back to Via del Curso. Yeah. Um, and, again, that's because of all the upmarket and high-end sh- brand shops. They're all beautiful. Yeah. The shop and fits and all that stuff. That's
0: the main road that, that um, connects Piazza Popolo to Piazza Venezia, which Correct. is where we were heading, Piazza Venezia. Yeah. yeah. And I've got a really nice photo of, um, the Corso from Piazza Venezia all the way through. You can see it sort of, you know, it's running right through the, the centre of Rome and that's at beachtraveline.com, episode 68.
1: Yeah, look, it takes its name from Palazzo Venezia, um, built by the Venetian, notice, the Venetian Cardinal Pietro Barbo, mm. alongside the Church of St. Mark, The patron saint of Venice. Now, uh, Pietro Barbo uh, uh, actually eventually became Pope Paul II. The Piazza Venezia is the home of the National Museum of Palazzo Venezia and the National Institute of Archaeology and History of Art. How did I go? Archaeology. No,
0: archaeology.
1: Archaeology. Oh (laughs) my God! I've been practicing that. So archaeology. Well, I got it. Like yes, uh, yesterday, I had no chance. But anyway, so Piazza Venezia.
0: Archaeology is the study of arches.
1: Now you've just been a smart Yeah, that's um, it. That's like you, you know, swiping your credit card yeah. through the Trevi Fountain. Off you okay, go. people are starting to realise what you're like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's
0: only taken 68
1: episodes. Yeah, Piazza. <laughs> Venetia was the location of public speeches given by the Italian dictator Mussolini to crowds mm. of his supporters in the 1920s through to the 1940s. Palazzo Venezia was the headquarters of the fascist government of Mussolini.
0: And I've got a photo of that sort of building that he did, gave the speeches from. It's a pretty um, rectangular imposing building right yeah, on my, on my yeah, edges. it's pretty and, austere
1: really yeah, yeah. it's more like a fortress than a yes. palace yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. now benito mussolini was an italian nationalist and founder of the italian fascism fascism oh. he ruled italy from 1922 to 1925 as a prime minister and from 1925 to 1943 as il duce the fascist dictator and he was actually by trade a
0: journalist okay That's mm. it, yeah. so, so the piazza venezia just to give you a bit of a uh, description it's not actually an open plaza it's sort of like a massive roundabout and well, um it's been it's just been in that mission new mission impossible movie that mm. um we haven't seen yet but we saw the the sh- trailer for it and they are racing around and we had to try and cross the road there a couple the of times the traffic is chaotic yeah it is it's it's what it's like t- typical stereotype. Um, traffic that you think of in in Rome, you know, just trying to get across, even the, you know, it was just, just bizarre. So there's this sort of big green area in the middle and a, the road going around it and so you've got Mussolini's, you know, the the building we're talking about on one side um, and then there's sort of like a palace at Napoleon's mother, am I yes. getting yeah. um,
1: it? Yes, as I call it. Yes. Uh, ne- Neapolitan. <laughs> yes. No, it's Napoleon's mother let Tessia Bonaparte lived in the famous mm. Piazza Venezia until her death in 1836.
0: Mm. Now, can I talk about the building on the opposite side? This oh,
1: I is, was hoping you right, would, because I've got to, a, a because... couple of
0: photos of this, and it's from. I've got one from right back, so you can see it's an imposing big building. Now, this building is it stands out. And you're like, my God, that must be important. And what the? And I want you to go and have a look at the pictures and and tell me what you think because it's called you know two it's got two sort of you know nicknames and it's either called the typewriter or Mussolini or Mussolini's typewriter or the wedding cake so this building they think looks like this massive big typewriter or a wedding cake and I I think I'm not yeah I think it's more like a wedding cake however um you know because tell us about this building
1: okay it's the monumenta a victorio emmanuel ii did you get that yeah alta del patria
0: was he an archaeologist
1: or the wedding cake yeah the oh (laughs) okay you're going to be like that for the rest of the day yep um Yes, it's, um, it's, or the wedding cake. The yeah. Piazza Venezia square has a white and colossal monument this is of it. Victoria Ma- Emmanuel II, also known as the Yes, I've said that. Yes, the altar of the Fatherland. Now, it was built uh, to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the unification of Italy. Yes, okay. Between and that was built between 1885 and
0: 1927. So basically, Mussolini built it.
1: Yeah, and that's why they're a bit. Uh, they don't like it. The Italians are not keen on it. Yeah, they. And yeah. what's inside it? Bugger all. Nothing. Well, I don't know where there's nothing, but
0: it doesn't house. It any... doesn't operate. No, no, yeah. you can go in, but there's. They said there's nothing, nothing to see. What did you
1: call it? A white elephant.
0: Yeah, so it's. A, <laughs> that's what I said. It's a white elephant. So it's either the typewriter, miscellaneous typewriter, the wedding cake, or as I would call it, a white elephant. But go on and have a look because it's impressive. It's got big horse statues. Yeah, it's and... got an
1: equestrian sculpture of oh, sorry, Victor Emmanuel. Yes. Uh, takes pride of place while yep. two imposing chariot guided yep. by the goddess Victoria dominates mm. the portico from on high. Yeah. Uh, look, it's all made of white marble. Look, it is. And look, got it's the impressive. Flags. It's huge. Yeah, like it's colossal, but yeah. it just... Yeah. yeah it's just out of place i think it's just you know with
0: well i think because it's
1: because it's right at the like uh where the capitol hill was hmm. and i think part of the reason why they're a bit you know the, the italians it. that are a bit dirty on it when they build it they had to excavate like part of capitol hill
0: yeah
1: so which is obviously ancient rome if, so if you,
0: if you don't know the, the history of it know that you know people don't like it, it i actually don't think it's out of place i think it actually dominates and looks good in the in the well when
1: i first saw it the first thing i thought was wow what the hell is that
0: yeah anyway all right so yeah go and check out pictures as i said let me know what you think is it a wedding cake or a typewriter or just a big white elephant i i I don't know um what did you think
1: Um, well it was especially at night when it was lit up i thought it was fabulous yeah
0: i did too so now it's dark and uh, the streets, you know, everything's being lit up, and and so was this building, and not not maybe 50 metres to one side once once you leave Piazza, just outside Piazza Venezia, uh, is a whole lot of uh, Roman ruins, right? So there's another road that goes from Piazza Venezia all the way down to the Colosseum, and on one side of the road is um, like another forum of um, Trajan, right and on the other side is like the roman forum that we we've talked about and all these old roman ruins are lit up the columns and you know it looks amazing but the first thing you come across when you leave piazza venezia is this massive column this um trajans column and it's lit up from the bottom and um tell us about that because it's it's hard to it's hard to sort of Explain until you know what it is. What, what it is, Don?
1: Okay. So Trajan's Column consists of seventeen colossal rocks, cylindrical-shaped monolithic elements with a diameter a diameter of about four meters. The they uh, these wrap around the pillar twenty three times and are decorated with astonishing reliefs almost 200 metres of precious white marble. And
0: I have got amazing close-up photos of this. It's it's stunning. You, you're not going to believe it. Go and have a look. Yeah, yeah. so
1: basically the reliefs are...
0: Are carved. carved yeah, they're pictures.
1: carved in... Carved history yeah. of Trajan's... Story. Story, history. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And okay. Trajan
0: is an emperor, was he?
1: Correct, yeah. 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 Um, a spiral staircase is contained within the shaft's interior, which measures 12 feet or 3.7 3. metres, in diameter mm. at first a bronze eagle hair had been placed on the top of the column after trajan's death a bronze statue of the deceased emperor which was replaced in 1588 by a statue of saint peter yeah. now apparently the, the the statue of uh trajan was uh very very uh what's the, uh expensive wow. uh was worth a lot a lot of money so yeah. I think the the old Catholic Church came in again and thought, well, we'll just put a cheaper version of uh, St. Peter on the top there. and You
0: can go up the stairs, right? Yeah,
1: inside the column, a spiral staircase of 185 steps gives access to a viewing platform at the top.
0: The Um, capital block of
1: Trajan's Column weighs 53 tonne, which had to be lifted to a height of 34 metres.
0: I have this um, really good photo of the top of Trajan's Column and it shows the viewing platform and the the top of the column and and the statue and like how high is this thing again like meters high and it's got this tiny little like um not a very big uh barrier around the viewing platform is there but Yeah. yeah anyway i wouldn't go up there myself because you know it's too high really but it's it's pretty spectacular and i've got some nice photos of it lit up lit up at night and um yeah, so that was at the beginning of the the this road. And so then we headed down what's that road called?
1: It's called yeah. the Via del Fori. Yeah. Imperiale.
0: Oh good. Okay. Um so Did you get that? <laughs> Can you
1: Do you Sorry. want me to do it again? No,
0: I no. don't. Let's just keep walking. Um so we've left Piazza Venezia, we've seen Trajan's Column, we're walking past uh Trojan's Forum, which is basically, you know, like a, a all the Roman ruins of, you know, the City that he or his sort of area that he had in Rome, and on one that's on one yeah, side. Yeah, so a
1: lot of the emperors had their own forums. Forums,
0: yeah. And on the other side is the the Roman Forum with Palatine Hill and all that stuff. Yeah, right?
1: basic basically Caesar's.
0: But the thing that stands out is, you know, right at the end, glowing almost in the dark with this golden light, is the Colosseum. And it's another one of those things. that's impressive by day, but wow, at night
1: yeah like
0: um i loved it yeah yeah, that
1: whole road as you said Mm. on both sides was just amazing the way they've lit it up it's 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 almost like it's not real um but as you land said the Colosseum at the end Mm. um i was just blown away with the size of it and i know this sounds crazy but the beauty and the remarkable history of the Colosseum. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It was yeah. just fabulous. Yeah, we
0: talked to a lot about the Colosseum in our, in our previous episode. But, um, you, yeah, so go and have a listen to that if you want to know more about that because we've got lots of info. Uh, but we got some nice photos. We had a wander around there. There's another big sort of Arc de Triomphe down that end which was lit up as well. Yeah, that's and,
1: Constantine's Arch.
0: Yeah, it was great. It was, And so I really enjoyed this Moonlight Walk because that was the end of, end of the sort of main part of it, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and we, there were some other highlights that we're going to talk about in a minute, but um, I'm going to put a link to this tour that we did um, in the um, website, the show notes that go with this. So if you go to the podcast player on now and go to the, the episode description, there's a link to episode 68 there where you can go and, and um, get the link link to this and have a, have a look at the photos as well because, honestly, there's some beautiful photos that we took of uh, walking around Rome in the moonlight yes
1: yeah look and you know so these are a couple of others that you really can't miss there's the piazza de spagna with the spanish steps leading up to the french monastery church the trinita de monte Mm. and that's neighbored by the astonishingly beautiful villa medici so as you look up the steps Mm. it's i mean
0: they, they um, light up there. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's their, amazing. Is, and then
1: yeah. probably one of... It's not a really big... Um, Plaza. Piazza. Yeah. But probably one of my favourites and it's... Because I don't know what it was, just the restaurants around it, mm. just the colour, the... Oh, I mean, it was just fabulous. Um, is the Piazza Mignel, oh, sorry, Mignanelli, Mignanelli uh, with the beautiful Colonna del Immacolata which yeah. is the column is relatively new to the internal city. It dat- dates back to 1857 and has a statue of the Virgin Mary on the top. Yeah, now, that's it's nice. 12 metres high. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a really interesting story. Firemen had been responsible for uh, erecting the giant column here originally, and every year on the 8th of December, a fireman climbs right up to the top end of the statue and hangs a wreath of flowers. Usually white roses from Mary's arm. The same day, the Pope also visits the statue to honor Mary and address the crowd. Mm.
0: So, some poor fireman has to climb up.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm sure that it'd be an honor for whoever gets chosen each year, but I'd love to be there to watch that. I think that'd be fabulous. Sure. Now, for me, uh, what we've been told, and and we didn't actually do, but I would love to have done it was uh to view rome at night from the borghese the, gardens yeah, yeah the the pincio terrace
0: now that's another place we talked about in episode 67 we went up there because it's the highest spot in rome correct right? yeah and uh you get you can see all the domes but imagine it lit up at night you know the saint peter's dome and and, and below that is the other plaza at the end of via del corso it's Piazza piazza
1: correct correct yep, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so the the and the, the we did go
0: there at night though we did go and have a look at that it was pretty nice for sure yeah yeah when they had the music playing oh that's right that's yeah, right yeah, yeah yeah
1: well yeah uh, and the pincio terrace is right on the edge of the Borghese gardens mm. and it's basically adjacent to as leanne said st peter's basilica so it is fabulous
0: yeah so yeah, and the other thing I loved about this this walking around the streets of, of Rome at night, um, it's just full of life, isn't it? You know, um, there's restaurants and street performers and some of the best singers, you know, like oh, people are just gathered and entranced by some of the, the people, you know, just uh, singing acoustically on the side, you know, around the corner, there's little plazas and things around this main area and um, lots of tourists out walking but also locals. It's a bit like a fashion parade, isn't it? Yeah,
1: they say that. that. That Via del Corso, yeah, they say that's where the people go to be seen.
0: Yeah, like it's yeah, so it's I oh, look,
1: it's it's exceptional, and it's and it's everything so close.
0: Yeah, and it's it's safe, and you know we're not out late. You know, as I said, the sun's going down. Well, it was quite late when by <laughs> well, the time it gets dark there. But I'd certainly, yeah, it's a great time to to explore Rome, and it, and it's also not not as hot as in the day, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, correct. One of our favorite things to do each night, though, in Rome, wasn't it? Yes, yes. <laughs> was to visit our favourite little bar called the Highlander Bar. Yes, and this bar we is was about thirty meters from the front entrance of our apartment. Yeah, and um, luckily because I don't know that we would have found it any other way because it's underground.
1: It is underground, and all there is is the doorway, and there's a, a sign across the top Highlander. See, look. To be honest, you'd easy miss it so easily.
0: So, yeah, so Highlander Bar, but. Um, there's a few things I loved about it. Was and the 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 way they sell it on their their website and stuff is they say all imaginable sports live and on request. Sure, yeah. And um, we didn't go there for that reason. We just thought it'd be a nice little spot to have a drink before we went out at night. But you, when you go down into the bar, the first thing you see is you know the wooden bar with you know it's it's not um it's not modern. It's like a you know it's got real character to it and there's probably one, two, three, maybe four or five different little rooms and they've all got a couple of TVs each and a couple of old, you know, lounges and chairs and tables to sit at. But it just had the best atmosphere, didn't it? And the best-looking bartenders in town too, just, you know, quietly.
1: (laughs) If if I tell you the truth, Lan said, I'm not allowed to talk about Angelo.
0: No, well... Come on, you
1: tell me about Angelo. No,
0: well, he was just a really good looking right but a really helpful nice guy and he took his time to draw us a map and tell us places we should go and you know he was very very helpful and there was another barman there who was an american guy and he knew more about cricket than most australians
1: yeah he was pretty cool
0: because we were watching the test an english australian ashes test and we went down there every day to watch it and then there was another dime we went down and um there was about i don't know a dozen Aussies in there you know yeah it was the
1: last day of the test yeah yeah and it was close so yeah yeah, the atmosphere was fabulous and then
0: someone said oh have you got the state of origin so we're in the middle of Rome yeah Yeah. well you better
1: explain what the state of origin
0: is I was just about to but thank you for that yes the state of origin is a, um, a rugby league game in Australia and there's two states that hate each other New South Wales and Queensland and they you know they have a three games each um season and you know the best of three wins and um new south wales is by far the the has the most wins so um this year um i beg your pardon (laughs) (laughs) he's not even listening he hasn't got any notes for this so he's 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 tuned out now that's
1: i gotta tell you that's bullshit folks
0: Uh... anyway it doesn't matter as i said i'm from new south wales and he's not even from either so i don't see that you get it to say but the fact is you're in the middle of rome and this is something that only a couple of, you know, two states of Australia know about. And, you know, that it, 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 people are there to watch it. And yeah, you I couldn't believe it. It. I, mm. it
1: was going to be the last game of the three. Mm. And uh, this particular afternoon, another Aussie guy there said to the barman, mm. uh, the bar person, um, is the state of origin going to be on mm. tomorrow? Yeah. And I'm thinking the bar person's going to have no, no idea. idea what he's talking about. But, that's I was incorrect. Yeah. The barman turned around. And he said, "Yep, definitely." He said, "It starts at eleven o'clock." He said, "But be here by about 10, He said, "Because the place will be packed."
0: Yeah, yeah. So, and
1: I couldn't believe it. So, we would have gone, but we were leaving that morning. Yes, yeah, so but not, look, it was a great bar. They they did so you know, looked after us.
0: It's open um, three hundred sixty five days a year, um, so they don't close for any days from eleven a.m. till two to two, 2 a.m.
1: Because we heard. Yeah. One remember Yahoo!
0: And for yeah, some sort of game, and they do um nine euro cocktails, so that's pretty good. Unless it's Tuesday and it's ladies' day, and um, you get seven euro cocktails from 4 p.m. all night. How cool is that?
1: Thank goodness I didn't know that,
0: yeah. Um, but I think the action really gets happening later in the night, which wasn't really our style. But after 11, after 11 p.m., they've got like a theme every night, so they've got beer, beer pong every night, they do karaoke. You know, they have. um,
1: I think that was the night we heard them.
0: Oh, was it? Yeah. So they, and they have, you know, music as well, you know. So there's, it just is a great, you know, place to go and feel at home.
1: It's really welcoming.
0: Yeah, it is. It's, I I just, I really loved it. So we were keen to go down there. That nice cold beer. I think there was, out of
1: the seven nights we were in Rome, I think we um, maybe missed one. <laughs> yeah I think Did we yeah, yeah it was and we'd go there about five o'clock in the afternoon have a couple of beers watch the last bit of the the yeah, test yeah and then we'd head out for dinner
0: yeah yeah we would and it was yeah so that's the Highlander bar I'm going to put a link to that in um the the show notes to go with this episode so remember go to the podcast play you're listening on or now we're on YouTube go there and you'll see the the link to um, episode 68 um and you know all the pictures and and um cuz so I've got pictures of the Highlander bar in there and you know links to the to to, to it cuz it's got a great website and they have great social media as well so it's worth going to check that out so Lyle we have come to the end right I, yeah I've, um but next week haha we're changing it up a bit we're still in italy okay and don't you give things away he's a real you know what do you do to call it? Like, um, what do they say? Um, uh, spoiler alert. You you do that a lot. You, you give it away. But I will just say we're doing something different and we're going to be very intrepid. So how's that? Oh.
1: You like that? Oh, I do like that. <laughs> hey. I well said, done, Lynn.
0: Thank Anita. you.
1: Oh. Have uh, 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 been thinking about that for hours? there we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, anyway, so... Uh, If you have liked this episode, uh, we've got any value out of any of our episodes, we'd really love it if you'd go to the podcast player um, or YouTube that you're listening on now and either subscribe or follow. That would be really appreciated. So until next week, it's goodbye from me.
1: Arrivederci.